the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. Opinions expressed may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Welcome to Life in Colorado. I'm Mark Howington. Virginia Spielman is with me, Executive Director of Star Institute, as well as Ben Ferrari. And we have a lot to talk about, so let's just get to it. First of all, Star Institute... Virginia, welcome to the program and tell us about it. What What is Star Institute? Thank you so much for having us, Mark. We're delighted to be here. Star Institute is an organization built on over 40 years of research. It's been serving the Denver community for more than 10 years. And it's a, an institute that's focused on sensory health. We look at sensory processing, which is a, a, an important part of being human. It's a human function and how it can support um, human well-being and 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 uh, development, but also that when that differences in sensory processing can really cause a great deal of problems when they're not when they're not approached um, in ways that demonstrate understanding and are informed. So, um, scars existed for a long time. We serve um, clients from zero years old to ninety-nine years old. We also educate other um, therapists. We're um, known as a as a leading international center in this field, the field of, of sensory processing or sensory health. Um, and so people come from all over the world to see us. But we're also very keen on supporting our Colorado community and we're trying to expand those services at the moment. Thanks. Appreciate that, Virginia, and appreciate your involvement in our community. So let's talk about sensory processing, first of all. There's all of us obviously have five senses and we process our world. But there can be some difficulties in doing that, and that's specifically what you folks focus on and Star Institute. So let's talk about, first of all, what is sensory processing, and then how does it kind of cross that line to where you realize you really need to seek some help because things aren't going so well? That's such a great question. You know, we all feel sensations all the time, and even in utero, um, sensory experiences are building this little human, um, helping shape the brain, helping us form relationships as, as you know, we're born and we go through the lifespan. And it's a very complex brain and body nervous system process. There are actually, we talk about eight sensory systems. So you have the five that you're taught about in school. And then you also have your sense of your vestibular sense, which is where your head is in relation to the pavement and your sense of equilibrium. You know, you, if you've ever been in an elevator and that, there's that moment when you're not quite sure if you're going up or down, that's your vestibular system saying, hey, hang on, something's wrong here. Um, and we also have a system called the proprioceptive system, which tells us where our body is in space and how fast or slow to shut the door you know, and again, you know, we've all experienced tuning into that system. For example, when you pick something up that looks heavy, and you, like a child, and you realize as you pick it up, oh, my gosh, 
I need to adjust my approach to this, otherwise I'm going to fling this object across the room. That's because your proprioceptors gave you that information. And we also have internal sensations like my heart's beating too fast because I'm nervous or I'm hungry or I'm breathless and those sorts of things, and interoception. And these eight systems have to work together to help us understand what's going on in the world around us. And like I said, like it's super complicated. It's really, really wonderful and amazing how the brain and body do this. But because it's complicated, it has great potential to be very different from person to person. And for some people, it's so profoundly different that their daily experience is one of being bombarded by the world and never really feeling safe. Because the first job of our sensory systems is to keep us alive. And so when sensory processing is is disordered or it goes a little awry, our brain can think we're under threat all day long, which can lead to mental health conditions and all sorts of other issues. One of the things that I know is true at Star Institute is you have a lot of different ways of uh, programs, for example, in the schools. And we're going to be talking to Vin Ferrari in just a few moments about one specific program. But there's a, there's a lot that can be done for someone who, after hearing what you just described, can say, you know what, I really do have difficulties processing my world. I, I take in what's going on around me and I either feel overwhelmed or I'm not processing it correctly or I'm not reacting very well. Give us sort of a maybe a checklist. I, I know that on your website that there, in fact, give your website as you answer the question, but there are checklists for all age groups. So talk about how we again can figure out is, is there really something I need to be concerned about here? Yeah. I mean, I think you hit something on the head there when you talked about, you mentioned some differences in the way this might manifest in different people. And so some people are very over responsive to certain sensations. And so a noise or a light touch trips their alarm system in their brain. And then they aren't really available for learning or for conversation or for engaging in work. And so you know, these environmental external triggers or, or more internal triggers can can disrupt you because you're over-responsive. But you can also be under-responsive, and the classic example of that is the child who seems very self-absorbed, possibly doesn't answer to their name. Um, is You know, when you touch them, they don't seem to orient to that touch. They don't even notice that it's happened. And that obviously impacts the ability to engage in the family life and the the classroom community or in the workplace in adulthood and there are other there are other challenges that come with differences in sensory processing like being able to coordinate my body and move around the world um, being able to create respond to something create an action um, so something happens I'm given a new I always think of the example of of um, you know if you when we used to be able to go outside and you go to a bar and, and you're going to the restroom and there's a different kind of tap in the in the sink. The faucet is different. It's unusual. And you have to, like, look at it and figure out how you're going to use this thing and wash your hands. But some people, everything new feels like that. It doesn't have to be some funky design to be perplexing. So there are all sorts of ways that it can impact human function and flourishing. And we think it should be... We also focus on sensory health. So we really think that our sensory system should support our wellness and not derail our ability to engage. And so we have occupational therapists who do full evaluations. 
We have multidisciplinary teams that work together to figure out, figure out how this is impacting the whole family, the individual's whole life. We have mental health team. We have groups, which um, Vim Ferrari is our group program coordinator and, she, and the school readiness program has come from that. Um, we have speech therapy and we also have a feeding therapy team who, um, because this massively impacts uh, many, many children's ability to take in enough nutrition. And so, you know, we have picky eaters and problem feeders and which is which, and our team help you unpack that and figure out what your child needs to have a, a, a nourishing, diverse um, menu that they will and can eat from. And that team, frankly, saves lives on a regular basis. Our website is spbstar.org. It is changing soon to sensoryhealth.org. Um, but that's where you can find us. A lot of uh, resources on your website, by the way, that I've, I've checked out. Virginia Spielman, Executive Director of Star Institute, let me ask you this real quick before we turn our conversation toward Vin and a program that you folks have in the schools right now that can help. Um, as as you described some of this, and uh, you on your website have also pointed out that this can affect all all kinds of age groups, from children to adults. And one of the things that I recognized in myself and in my kids, my family, is that we have some of these symptoms. If, if you were to take my family collectively, we, we actually probably have about half the symptoms you described. Um, as a kid, for example, growing up, I was a very picky eater. In fact, my mom would oftentimes find food that I hid under my plate or I would stick it in my napkin and go take it and flush it down the toilet because I, I just was really a picky eater. And that was one of the symptoms that you talked about. it. And we kept our boys back from school an entire year because we just said they had too much bounce in them. They just they just needed to settle down a little bit before we sent them to school. So, again, where where would you say the line is or how do you know? And I think I heard part of your answer. If, it, if it's really negatively impacting your life, then that may be a signal, hey, it's time to seek help. What would you say to somebody listening right now going, yeah, you know what, I, I do have some of those symptoms you described. When would be the time to pick up the phone or visit your website and, and contact Star Institute? A great question. And, and I think there's so many gray areas. We do have checklists on our website, as you've pointed out, where people can just see, you know, how heavily loaded am I towards the sort of more disordered presentation of this? Um, but what we say to people is that, you know, your, your ability to, to be connected to the world around you through your senses should support your well-being. Um, sometimes just understanding your unique experiences of the world can mean that you can just change a few things in the environment. And so you might not have what we would call a disorder, but what you need is a better understanding of how your brain and body function in the world. And then we can make those environmental accommodations. And that's true for many um, kids in schools and, and adults in the workplace and so on. And so that we wouldn't call that disorder, but we still think we could really help you understand your brain and body and, and how you are in the world to a degree that would improve your health and well-being. For other children, and this is very common um, on the autism spectrum, for example, that there are differences in sensory processing that are profound enough that, you know, it's really difficult to make the world feel like a safe place. And so 
for those children, you know, we again, we would do an assessment, we'd figure out what's going on because it's, it's, it's complicated. And then we would make those environmental accommodations, but we would also do some therapeutic work. And so when it really interferes in that sense of um, with functioning, engagement and participation in daily life, that, that might be when we're saying, oh, but, you know, this, this might be classified more on that disorder end of things. It's good to know that you're there. And again, check out their website. Again, uh, your website again? Uh, www.spdstar.org. And there you're going to find tabs that talk about resources. You'll find checklists where you can look at the symptoms that you might have or your children might have. In fact, as we turn our conversation toward children, you have a new program. I don't know how new it is, but I know there's been a grant from the Get Grounded Foundation that you folks received, and you have a school readiness program, and you're dealing specifically in this program with preschool-age children. Talk about why the need for this program, what led you to say, we, we really need to help these kids. And then if you want, you can introduce Vin and tell us about her and, and how uh, she fits into this as well. I'd be delighted to introduce you to Vin. I, um, um, Vin and I have worked together on, on the groups at STAR for more than three years now. And what happened was we, we were seeing, and, and Vin is our group's coordinator and developed many of our programs. She's a, an amazing occupational therapist. Uh, we were seeing these children for um, challenges with social confidence, what's traditionally called social skills, um, and the ability to sort of participate in their classroom community. And more and more, we were hearing about children who were being excluded, even at three, four, five, and six years old from school. They were spending every day in the principal's office. They were being sent home from school, or they were refusing to attend school. Um, and so, we, you know, we, we saw this profound need and... Um, created over the last three years and now it runs almost daily um covid dependent um a school readiness program which is a um a wonderful group therapeutic group program that supports these children to achieve classroom success and and flourish socially and then i'll let you speak more to it you are in it every single day the main pieces you know are like exactly what you said, Mark, uh, your kids are a little bit more bouncy, so you're going to hold them back a year. But what is it when you hold them back a year and they're still struggling to um, keep up in the classroom? And we're not even talking cognitively or academically. Like this is just the ability to transition between activities, to stand in line, to go to the bathroom, um, to sit and eat in the lunchroom. Um, so these kids who are a lot of times incredibly bright, um, are just, just cannot function in the normal classroom. And so what's happening is they're getting pinned as the, you know, the bad kid or the naughty kid. And their MO starts to become, not all the time, but a lot of times is like the class clown. And um, in that position, you know, it's really, really hard at thinking about the ages of three to six. The most important thing developmentally is, you know, building that social confidence and that sense of self. And um, at that young of age, when you're being kind of cornered into that um not diagnosis, but like that opinion of yourself, that's really, really, you know, detrimental to the rest of your life because kids have to go at least 12 years through school. So it's 
really setting them up in the very beginning to feel successful and to enjoy learning and to enjoy being around their peers and to enjoy working together. Um, it's figuring those different pieces out. So we have kids that, and it's interesting because with COVID happening and everybody turning to um, the online school classroom thing, we've seen even almost a bigger increase of parents being saying like, we just, we can't do it. They can't understand it. They can't. On the other hand, there are some families that are saying this is the best thing that's ever happened to us. But um, having, but just having those kids so isolated, you know, only interacting through the computer was really, really hard for a lot of our kids. And it kind of gets them out of that normal routine of getting up in the morning, going to school, um, you know, going through the station, doing all these different things with a, with a group of peers versus just by yourself. Um, so what we try to do is it's, a, it's set up like a classroom, um, a preschool, kindergarten classroom, but I look at it as like a therapeutic classroom. So instead of being run by teachers, it's run by occupational therapists. And we look at the kids not from an academic like reaching academic goals we look at it from regulation and confidence and um, those other pieces so what can we do to accommodate in a classroom setting that's supportive in the different scenarios of each kid because we're talking about the nervous system and no nervous system is the same um, is it you know the a re, is the relationship a big piece that's really supportive is it that they need a break what are the different pieces that really really help these kids feel confident and that we can communicate to you know hopefully their future classroom teachers to say you know these are some small things that if you just adjust a little bit could be really helpful not just for these kids but for all the classrooms i know you said mark that we are in the schools and unfortunately i wish we were um, we're not actually in the school classrooms our um, school readiness group is either an adjunct to a kid's already going to like their pre regular preschool. They'll come to us two days a week and they'll go to their other preschool two days a week. Or um, the kids are just coming to us like it is their preschool um, or right before they go into the actual public school or private preschool sector. Um, I have been lucky. I've been able to do some um, talks to the Arapahoe preschool teachers and they you know, it's interesting. Every time I talk to teachers, it's like, we want this information. We want the help. We want the knowledge. We just have to have access to it. So um, I feel really lucky to be, have been able to do that last year. And then COVID happened and everything's turned upside down. But yeah, COVID's definitely turned everything upside down. Well, you know, one of the things as you were describing what you're talking about, uh, let's, let's put some practical hands on when you're working with kids then, who tend to be more of the fidgety kids, but but more than just normal. I mean, they're they as you mentioned, they're getting into trouble. They're being sent home. They're being expelled from school. They they're always they're always you know maybe considered the the, the class clown, and which was me by the way, or you know the kid that's always in trouble. So, uh, from a practical level, what what are you doing as you work with these children? How are you helping them? We're looking at the foundational pieces of creating these challenges of why is it so hard for them to sit at circle time? Why is it so hard to, you know, sit and do fine motor? Um, it's not because their skills are lacking. It's because, 
you know, a multitude of things where you're, Virginia talked about being overly sensitive to environmental things. So um, is it the clock in the classroom? Is it the other kids sneezing or sniffling? Is it whatever it may be? Do they need more postural support in what they're doing? Do they need to be, you know, have breaks outside of the room? Um, do we need to be doing some vestibular and proprioceptive regulating um, activities, input activities, before they're expected to sit and attend and access those higher abilities of their language and their memory and all those things that they have. It's just how do you access them? Ben Ferraris, who we're talking with with Star Institute, along with Virginia Spielman, who's the executive director. And either one of you can answer this question. As COVID has happened and we've had to transition to at home and in front of a computer, I have somebody who's a good friend of mine at church, for example, and she's got two kids and they flip-flopped. Um, in the in the classroom, one of her her children was doing great, and the other was doing poorly. And then when they got home and on the computer, they literally flip flopped. The one that was doing great on in person, doing terrible on online, and the one that was doing terrible in in person was doing great online. And so it's just amazing how how many uh, well, as we're talking about the sensory processing, your environment changed, and so their reaction changed. And so mm-hmm. if there's a parent who's listening going, oh, my goodness, yes, please help. I need help. Um, how, how can they seek out Star Institute and get this, this help? Well, I think one of the things you just mentioned and Vin mentioned is really important. So if we have students who thrived during the pandemic because they were away from the classroom environment, Star Institute would really like to help figure out how they can get back to school if they should get back to school. But, you know, how? In it, because oftentimes we meet older children for whom these issues were missed. And what those children have done is they've held it together at great personal cost day after day after day at school. And they're their development is quite fragile and they're not accessing the curriculum as comprehensively as they could be because it's like, you know, they've got an app running on their phone that's draining the batteries. (laughs) And so they can't, you know, they're not available for all the learning that's available to them. And then when they, you know, when suddenly they were at home and and the environment was controlled and it was familiar and it was predictable, wow, their grades improved. Wow, they were happier. You know, and so you know, we, we we do want to support those families and, and you know, visit our website, stdstar.org. We have an intake form for groups. We have lots of group programs. And Vin also runs, she does this school readiness for three to six-year-olds, but she also runs a program during the summer for school-aged children who need a booster in these skills. Um, and she also runs programs aimed at building social confidence and um postural development on a on a trampoline called the rebounders and she has cooking groups and she has dungeons and dragons based groups she has so many things that she offers and we also have the one-to-one therapy too and so you can find the intake form for that on our site as well alongside both those things we do have an online learning platform and we have 
paid and free webinars that you can watch and listen to if you want to learn more. And we've been talking a lot about kids because I know that's that's where a lot of your focus is, especially with the school readiness program. But say there are adults right now listening going, you know what, I, I can barely function. I can barely process all that's going on in my world. I know that I have concentration problems. You mentioned problems with balance can be a, a symptom. How about uh, just speak to perhaps adults in the audience? Yeah, we have a thriving adult and adolescent service. We often support adult, uh, young adults transitioning into more independent life. But across the, across the age range, um, you know, sen- differences in sensory processing can impact your ability to form and maintain relationships, to thrive in the workplace. And so we have um, occupational therapists who are especially there for adults and work alongside our mental health team. And so you can find that information on our website. Um, and we do do a free intake uh, for all ages of clients. So you can have that initial free one-hour consultation with someone on our team and figure out if this is a good fit for you and what the best plan for you is going forward. Well, I sure knew that our time was just going to fly by. There seems to be so much more to talk about, but I guess that's why we need to give your website again. It is SPD star.org spdstar.org and as as you've mentioned Virginia and Vin both uh, lots of tools on your website assessments a checklist of symptoms plus uh, their listed services and I, I do want to give you an opportunity before we say goodbye there's also a donate button there how how is star institute funded yeah we are funded by um, our community uh, donations and by um, the grants that we receive, and so you mentioned already the Get Grounded Foundation have funded um, the school readiness program enough this winter that we're able to offer four scholarship placements. So if you're concerned that paying for this might be a problem, we'd still really like you to reach out because we have four scholarships that we'd really like to share with the community. We do have a donate button on the website um, a, a, a small gift of $5 makes a huge difference to us. And we have several members of our community who give between 2 and $10 a month. And that helps us provide these services to our community that really transform lives. Um, and so, yeah, we'd really appreciate uh, you joining our community, clicking on that button, um, and giving whatever you can if you're able to at this time. Virginia Spielman, Executive Director of Star Institute, and Vin Ferrari, thank you for being a part of Life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687 or email us at lifeincolorado at salemdenver.com. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.